They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Hello. Hello. Ugh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, take three. <laughs> Third time's the charm. I suppose so. <laughs> All right. You know the spiel. I'm Brittany. I'm Raina. And this is Chismosas and Chainsaws. Today we're going to talk about Candyman. Oh, it's spooky. It's spooky. <laughs> it's a little spooky. <laughs> All right. Candyman. 1992. Yes. A crazy time for racial tension in the U.S. <laughs> I, you could, I would say that, yeah. Like, when isn't there? But when also, isn't it? Like, <laughs> the L.A. riots were happening. Ugh. Rodney King had just happened. Oh, my God. It wasn't a great time. I mean, there's never, uh, in my professional opinion, never a great time for race relations in the United States. Everything no. has always been shit. But yeah, uh, pretty much here we all are, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this was extra tumultuous, I feel like. Extra full of tension. Extra tense. <laughs> okay, the budget for this one, because you know I like to know those things. You love the numbers. It's very interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> how did it do in the box office? What was the budget and how did it do? The budget was Wikipedia told me eight to nine million. Oh, that's not a lot, actually. Not a lot. And I'd love to know how much was spent on bees. Bees? And it made the box office was twenty five point seven million. Ooh, that's not a bad investment. It's not a bad investment. Not great for no. a movie. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because this had two sequels. <laughs> I that's wild to me that is a lot of money to make but like I'm surprised also that this was such a low budget to make this movie and it was all spent on bees it was all spent on bees this entire hypnotists bees and hypnotists plot twist that should be the title of this this episode that would be great I, oh man I forgot to tell you did you know that she got hypnotized yes I saw oh, okay. that I was okay. like what does that even mean she said that she didn't even believe that it was a thing like before this oh my god that makes me anxious but then she went it. with um, the director mm-hmm. Bernard Rose to go and meet this hypnotist and then she said that they were like talking, talking like normal, and then all of a sudden she was aware that she had her hand up in the air and that she didn't remember how it got there. Oof. Which is like kind of spooky. That's, <laughs> I don't like uh, it. Terrifying, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. Crazy. I want you to know that this entire movie, the very first, from the first B that I saw in this movie, <laughs> all I could think about was the card in Cards Against Humanities that just says bees? bees? (laughs) I always think of that and I always think of um, it's an arrested development. (laughs) They're visiting their dad in prison and it's like Job and their mom. He just pulls out like a 
watched the um, mason jar full of bees. Oh my god! And then the guards come and they tackle him. And then it cuts to the mom. And she goes, "They don't allow you to have bees in here." <laughs> <laughs> and it's so dumb, but it's so funny. It's uh, that should be a misquoted quote from Tony Todd about his mouth. <laughs> they don't allow you to have bees in here. Don't allow you to have bees in here. <laughs> Not anymore. No. Okay. <sighs> All right. So I think there are some absolutely glaring themes in this movie. <laughs> Definitely. Would take so fucking long to unpack all of the way. Well, I will say that, like, the themes are so, like, obvious in this movie, but it also, it doesn't beat you over the head with it. Yes. Like how The Purge does it, or Saw does it. Like, I don't, like, I've left it and I was, like, thinking normally about these things. Yeah. Whereas leaving one of those movies, I'm like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yes, there are issues. You weren't irritated. Yeah. I left it, it and I was like, damn, you know, you're right. I've got things to think about. It gives you the time and the space to think about it on your own. Yes. Without, yes. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Um, I was super interested that, or found it super interesting that... This was based on, I guess, like a screenplay or something written by Clive Barker, who is responsible for Hellraiser. Right. Which, as it turns out, you have not seen. (laughs) No, I haven't. I am absolutely floored that you haven't seen Hellraiser. It's one of those that, like, I feel most people would assume that I have seen. Yes. And it feels like, I don't know, it's... Not like it's too late, but like I'd feel dumb watching it for the first time now. Ooh, okay. Well, I feel you're not really missing a whole lot in Hellraiser <laughs> other than like the story itself is so so, the movie itself is so so. But like the, uh, what is the word I'm looking for here? The idea, I guess, of the movie, like the pop culture that is associated with the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what you're missing out on. Yes. I do get so. it. Is he the one? Is Hellraiser the guy with, like, the weird saws in his head? He's got, the like... I'm thinking of. He's got, like, nails in his head. Right. Right. He's got nails in his head. There's a reference to him in Cabin in the Woods. Probably. Yeah. He's one of the monsters in the boxes. Ah, beautiful. <laughs> I haven't seen Cabin in the Woods in so long. That should be an episode we do eventually. Oh, it definitely should. <laughs> But the, since you technically picked Candyman, I yes, get to pick the you next get to one. pick the next one. Yes, uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see what you pick. Um, the screenplay or whatever it was that Clive Barker wrote was about class and like class issues in yes. Liverpool. Yeah, the director Which is still something of it. you could write about. Oh, you could absolutely <laughs> write about that. I'm not super familiar with it. Being from the United States, I am much more familiar with race and class and gender in the U.S. Right. But I'm sure that there's definitely something to be said about, <laughs> I mean, class issues are class issues. That's true. Um, no matter where you're from. And uh, that's how Sue sees it. 
Um, I like that that's become a thing. <laughs> that's a thing. I've still never seen that. Ryan but, Murphy, uh, don't at me. <laughs> you can at me. I've never seen it, Ryan Murphy. That's fine. Bring it on. Um, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I was surprised at... I Surprised and not surprised, I think, at how easily class issues from Liverpool translated so well to race and class issues in the U.S. It's crazy to me that, like, yeah, that it came from that and that it translated as easily as it did. It's crazy that a white guy was able to kind of make this movie. Shout out to you, Bernard Rose. Well done. Yeah. So I'm definitely interested to see what Jordan Peele can do with it. Oh, God. Catch me in theaters losing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe June 2020? Question mark? (laughs) That's what the Wikipedia told me. Hell yeah. It gave me an actual date. It said June 12th, 2020. That's too specific. It's very specific. I don't think they should be making promises like that. Yeah, that's a bold statement. It is a bold statement. At Jordan Peele, don't fucking disappoint me. I don't think it will. I think if he will, that if it's not great, that it'll be the major studio's fault and not his. I meant with the release date. I'm sure the movie's going to be fantastic. Oh, okay. No, the statement still stands. I think it would be a studio's fault. Uh, all right. Um, all right. I don't know how you feel about unpacking race and <laughs> class and gender. I feel there's just so much there's to a unpack. It's almost like a, where do we start? Where to even, <laughs> right, like, without <laughs> giving the entire rundown of race relations in the U.S. from the beginning, like, I don't even know where to get into this with anybody. <laughs> well, what's crazy is that, like, they briefly, they talk about it in his backstory with creepy-ass Purcell. Number one, I hate Purcell. Number two. I hate him. Shout out to Tony Todd for making up this backstory, because this is the most kick-ass backstory that I've ever heard for a villain. Like, it was so believable and so tender. yeah. And so sad and so disappointing. But I also loved every minute. Could have done it. Mm -mm. And it's crazy that it came from him and not from the writer or the director. Yes. How would that have... How do you think that that would have changed Candyman as a character if it hadn't been Tony Todd that had written the backstory if it had been something else and it had been written by either the white people that are in charge of this movie are they white? I I feel like they're white yeah they're white (laughs) my guts are telling me they're white um I don't think that it would have changed what was done with Candyman I don't think it would have changed where we got like the final product but it definitely I don't know. There's something to be said about Tony Todd as an actor, as a performer, that he was able to take something off of paper that didn't have a backstory and go, no, this is what it is. So creative. So imaginative. And again, like, what a fucking presence. Oh my god, what a performer. A plus. And he's he's only in the last half of the movie. Yes! (laughs) 
<laughs> we don't even see him until 45 minutes into this movie. Oh, God bless him. Which is, is absolutely he, crazy. Is he in anything else? He's in, <laughs> he's in the Final Destination movies, the first two. Oh, I've never seen any of those. We should watch those. Ugh. Because all the characters are absolutely terrible. <laughs> They're all assholes. And they just become more, like, with each movie, they get worse and worse. Ooh. And the I third mean, one has got the iconic tanning bed scene, Ooh. and that's pretty funny. That's horrifying. It's their own fault. I mean, obviously, because they broke the rules, Reyna. They did break the rules. Not even with <laughs> death, but, like, going in, this, these, it's the two popular girls, and they go into the tanning bed, like, room with two of them in there, and there are signs up that say, don't bring your drinks in here, because condensation would be bad. And they bring these huge big gulps in there and they're sitting them down. And then they, there's signs up that say, like, don't mess with the equipment. They turn up the heat. <gasps> and then there's, there's all these rules that they break in uh, the room. And you're like, well, you 100% deserve to die. It's your own fault at this point. I don't feel bad for you. Plus, also, um, they did, like, practical effects. And the stunt woman for that scene put like this jelly that allowed her to be on fire for like up to 30 seconds holy fuck which is crazy bro can you imagine being on fire for 30 seconds no i can't <laughs> imagine being on fire for one second i don't like it i don't even like using the lighters i don't want that uh not a fan but yeah this happens every time i talk about a different movie <laughs> <laughs> i think it's an important part of the setup all of these movies are are related they're all interconnected. But yeah, he he plays a like a someone like a mortician. Ooh. Mortician's the word. Named William Bloodbath. Oh gross. That's stupid. And they could have like, done better. He's so like eerie and creepy, which is he like he's the one that says, Oh, death is coming after you guys now. And it's like, bro, why do you know that? Who are you? <laughs> And it's never addressed. They're He's terrible. the candy man, obviously. <laughs> Duh, that's how he knows. He's also uh, in an episode of Riverdale. <gasps> I think I knew that. Yeah, he picks up Jughead on the side of the road when um, Archie's truck breaks down because he was doing... They're making a delivery for Penny. <laughs> that's Ugh. terrible. That's wild. Holy shit. But he's got, he does a lot of, like, voiceover work. Does he, do you think he always uses his sweet, sultry voice? Um, Is that just his voice, or was that a character? I think it's, like, when he talks, it's not as intense. I think he definitely intensified it for Candyman. Oof. But, like, most of that's just him from, like, stuff that I've seen him in. I... I gotta say, we talked about this uh, <laughs> earlier. If Tony Todd asked me in that voice to be his victim, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, there wouldn't be much convincing needed. No, absolutely not. I'd be like, yo, can I drag you into this back alley and uh, rip you in half with my hook? I'd be like, yep, absolutely. Say no more, Tony Todd. I'm on my way. There's a line that he says when... 
it's right before he like does that really creepy thing with his hook to <laughs> which one <laughs> to Helen. you know the one i'm talking about oh Helen. when he puts it up her dress yeah it's like right before when he's carrying <laughs> her to lay her down and he asks her like if she's afraid or something or what she's afraid of if yes. it's like being dead or if it's the pain and she goes both and then he goes the pain, pain i assure you will be exquisite Ugh. and it's like exquisite is already just such a nice word it's a nice sounding word but coming out of tony todd's mouth i felt it my really reminded explode. me it really <laughs> reminded me did you ever do you say your ovaries explode yeah, it made my Is ovaries this 2012 Tumblr? What's happening? Um, I'm a walking embodiment of 2012 Tumblr. What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> it's anyway. unfortunate, I know. <laughs> the line really reminded me. I don't know if you ever saw The Witch. Yes! What's thou like to live deliciously? Yes, it really reminded me of that line. Oh, absolutely, because that voice is also very sweet and sultry and yeah. silky. The Oof. only thing that... That's something that I wish that the witch had been. Tony Todd? Yeah. <laughs> I wish Satan had been played by Tony Todd. Well, one of one of his uh, voiceover works in the, I think it's in the third Final Destination, is he plays like the voice of, not literal Satan, but it's like the intro is they avoid death on the roller coaster. And so the roller coaster has like this demon and it's his voice, and it's very good. <laughs> They're all on Netflix. You should watch them. Okay, well. If they have Tony Todd in them, then I, I could probably be <laughs> talked into doing that. So there's that. So this entire first almost 20 minutes has just been us gushing over Tony Todd. <laughs> As it should be. As it should be, now that we have a proper setup. Okay. <laughs> Race, class, and gender. Let's get into it. <laughs> So now that we're done talking about Tony Todd for a little bit, <laughs> race, class, and gender. So, super quick crash course uh, for those who are unaware: um, all oppression is intersectional, so all of these things are related, and you can't possibly talk about one without talking about all of the others. All forms of oppression are connected. <laughs> There's that uh, mark a degree hard at work. Hell yeah, so glad I spent 120 grand to be able to talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> um, so there's that. <laughs> Quick little little it's a, snippet. It's a disclaimer right there. Disclaimer. I went to college for this. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> to become a podcaster. <laughs> to become a podcaster. You and talk about Candyman. Yep, that's it. I'm sure all of my professors would be so thrilled. This could probably be a final project in case anyone was <laughs> looking hey. for an ARCA project idea. Make a podcast. They will love it. Literally, my freshman year, I took a class on music and pop culture. My oh podcast my was about music influenced by Harry Potter. Jesus. 
I'm not surprised by that even a little bit. He, my professor really liked it. I don't remember his name because I think that was the only year he was there. Oof. But he was very impressed. He was like, that's really original. I've never seen that. What's this called? <laughs> Harry Potter or podcasts? <laughs> no, there was like a name for like the genre. I don't uh, remember it okay. because I'm, yeah. it's 2020. I've moved it's, on. <laughs> college was a long time ago. We're both super old. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyway, okay, so this movie clearly talks about the stark contrasts between those in poverty and those that are privileged in that way. It covers the differences between people who are educated slash who are getting an education of, you know, like post, you know, like after a bachelor's degree. I don't know if Helen and Bernadette are getting like a PhD there's... or if they're getting master's degrees or what's going on. I don't know. All that's said is that they're grad students. So that could really mean anything. That could be literally anything. It could be anything. Also, I don't know the age difference between her and Trevor. Because he's already like an established professor. Oh, fuck. I didn't think about that. What and if Helen something... was also a student a of his student. that he... Yes. Oh, my God. Ugh. So that's why I always interpret that one, the scene where we first see Trevor as being, like, hella weird. He's like, oh, you don't think? She's like, no, of course not. And I'm like, mm, but... I think. Is it? <laughs> oh, yuck. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I hate him so much more. <laughs> um... We also very clearly talk about the differences in race um, yes. and like the way that white people and black people are treated super, super differently in the U.S., particularly by law enforcement. Um, yes. That's a huge part of this movie. It's very the, important. Oh, my God. The entire and like the entire backstory for Tony Todd's Candyman is that he fell in love with a white woman yeah. right after slavery was abolished in the U.S., and some presumably white people in town weren't super big fans of that. Um, well, it was and, the girl's dad. Yeah, but she he had like hired people to, yeah. you know, beat Tony Todd yeah. to death and cut off his hand and slap a hook on him or whatever. <laughs> um, it was horrific, and I really like. I'm it was a honest. very very intense story. It was a super intense story. Like I had to go back just so I could write down what happened because I was yeah. just so I was like Helen I was transfixed I was, I was transfixed I was hypnotized I might have been I don't know <laughs> <laughs> did you notice that your hand was up for no reason my hand was up and I don't know how it got there um, it was inexplicable <laughs> um Helen also talks about how what what is the exact quote did you write it down where it's like the one two, that I talked about, yeah. Yeah, two um, after black people get killed. Two people get brutally murdered, and the cops do nothing. Whereas a white woman goes in there and gets attacked, and they lock the place down. I and think then Bernadette the, says, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Bernadette, as a black woman, is, yeah. I'm sure, painfully aware. Right. But this is, like, this is the reality, dude. Like, right, especially, like, here in Chicago. Yeah. A place I don't know. notorious. What do you mean Chicago is segregated? 
What? I met Notorious for bad um, relations with the police. What? Yeah, who knew? Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, oh, I would have never known. Thank you so much. I'm shook. <laughs> You're welcome. You heard it from me, a woman not from Chicago. <laughs> but you are from a big city. Yes. So, like, a very large city. Some might say one of the largest in the nation. <laughs> but you also have to remember that, like, my growing up, my perception of cops was would be different than yeah. <laughs> anyone else growing up. That's true. Um, I feel like it's really clear that as a as a person of color, Bernadette is aware that, hey, Helen, no fucking shit. <laughs> like, you're going to get treated very, right. very differently like going into any of these spaces than I am. And, like... Well, also, like, when they're driving to go to Cabrini Green for the first time. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Bernadette's got a pepper spray. She's got a bunch like of Like, a taser. Like, like... Like, calm down. And Bernadette's like, um... I won't we calm down. Be, like aware of what's happening. Like obviously yeah. you don't ever you shouldn't want to assume the worst of anyone, but there's a difference between wanting to assume that everyone's a good person and a difference between sometimes just recognizing the reality yes. of the space you're going into. The reality of the situation is regardless of race, human beings are shitbags. Right. <laughs> And uh, that's my hot wrong. take. <laughs> that's your hot take. That's how Sue sees it. That's how Sue sees it. But like, I mean, Bernadette recognizes the reality of where she's going. Yeah. Of how the two of them are going to be perceived. Yes. They don't. She brings up that they look like cops. Yes. And Helen sees that as a good thing, and it's like, yes, it might be, but also you are both two fairly small women. Hmm. Like, you don't know what you're going to run into. You don't there's know nothing. who you're going to run into. Yeah, man, they pull up. Like, there's those guys right outside yelling at them. Yeah. Which brings me to one of the other, I think a more subtle theme in this movie, I think is gender. And, like, the way that women are, I don't want to say dealt with, but, like... Interacted with? Yeah. The way that women are perceived i guess yes um that's better <laughs> by people around them by the medical community by law enforcement etc by society writ large yes because it's definitely it's not like a horror it's not like a slasher where there's a final girl but helen is like constantly ridiculed and like put down because she believes in Candyman. And even before that, like, I don't know. It just, it never seems like she's, like, her and Bernadette are, like, taken seriously. Right. Do you feel, would you consider Helen to be a final girl? No. Okay. Tell me more. Why not? I wouldn't consider her to be a final girl because, I mean, she dies at the end. (laughs) But, like, does she, though? Because now she's an urban legend herself. Like, she is, like... She, another version, another incarnation, I suppose, of Candyman. Interesting. Like she 
continues to live on after the yeah events end yes that's how she i mean like she comes back through the mirror and kills trevor which rest in fucking pieces you piece of shit i made a note about that do you want to know what i wrote of course i do i wrote i mean trevor definitely deserved it and i said very rosalie hale <laughs> that was my yes. reference i told you <laughs> oh my god i'm so thank you so much for sharing that with me you're welcome i was excited to tell you I- <laughs> Very Rosalie Hale. Yeah, actually. Yeah. It was very, like, yeah, she got her vengeance because he's a fucking idiot. He's a prick. Fuck that guy. He's terrible. (laughs) Anyway. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, like. That's very interesting. I I haven't seen the sequels, so I don't know if it's, if we see a reprise of Helen at all. Ooh. So it I might be worth speak. looking into. Yeah, I also can't. It might that. be. But I, I'm not I saying we should, but I don't want to buy those. <laughs> no, me neither. This one's on Netflix. I know <laughs> that was good enough for me. <clears throat> um there's I think there's a lot of important gender dynamics between Helen and Bernadette and the the men that are standing outside of Cabrini Green. I think there's important gender dynamics yes. in place when Helen is institutionalized. Ooh, yeah. That the like nurse or whoever, the male nurse. Yes. That has, like all the lines in that scene. Ugh. And like I understand, like well, I guess what I'm saying is I don't understand what <laughs> I understand. And by that I mean I don't understand <laughs> at all. <laughs> like I, I I I what I'm saying is like I get that. I can't speak from experience what it's like being in that profession. And I would imagine that that takes some toll on a person, that that's mm-hmm. a lot to deal with day in and day out. Mm-hmm. But also, maybe you don't have to speak to patients like that. Yeah, maybe you uh, you just be kind to people because people are, I mean, yeah, all human beings are shitbags. But like, yeah, people are generally just, I mean, they're doing their best. You know, which I mean, to be fair, he also probably does think that she killed her friend and kidnapped that baby. Mm-hmm. Which, but if like, you... reminds me of um, in Cult of Chucky, which was the last sequel that they've made so far. That was like twenty seventeen. Um, like the main character is in an insane in an insane asylum. And the nurse, the male nurse, is, like, friendly-ish towards her, but also makes it very clear. He's like, I don't want to ever, like, be friends with you. I'm going to be, like, baseline nice to you because I'm a nurse and that's my job. You're still a patient. Mm -hmm. He's like, but I also want to make it very clear that I know what you did, which, I mean, she didn't. It was Chucky, but. (laughs) It wasn't Chucky. It was Candyman. But he's like, I, I want to make it very clear, that's not cool. I'm not going to be your friend. Yeah. And that's a way that I feel like this guy could have reacted to her. Yep. Like, you can still be nice. You can still be, I don't know. No, you're 100% <laughs> correct. You can be a decent person. Especially, yeah. and I'm not a nurse by any means. But <laughs> like, here. As somebody who works in healthcare, 
Right. You don't have to like somebody or necessarily get along with somebody to be decent to them. And that's part of your job working in healthcare is to be decent to people. Right. For sure. So if that's not something that you feel like you can do, then you need to find a different job. Definitely. Um, so that kind of irritated me. But like, yeah, he was rude to Helen. But he was also rude to the rest of the fucking staff. I'm like, dude, they're in it just like you. Leave your coworkers alone. Fuck off. Right. Can't you at least be like friends with your coworkers to an extent? Yes. There's a certain level of professionalism there that you need to maintain. Maybe just be chill for once, bro. How about maybe you <laughs> tone it down for like 10 minutes, just once in a while. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like the doctor also is just like very condescending to her while she's in the institution. Yeah, definitely. So that death wasn't, (laughs) that doesn't (laughs) affect you. (laughs) It, I don't know, it, it irritated me the way that he like talked to her. And I get, I get it. Like we're shown that footage where Tony Todd is nowhere to be seen. Right. But she's 100% convinced that he's there. But, like, nobody else can see him, so to the outside world, she just looks like a fucking crazy person. Um, Right, which is what he's trying to convince her she is. Yes. But, like, I think this goes back, I feel like I keep bringing this up and keep bringing it up and keep bringing it up, but, like, this all goes back to believing women and supporting women. If a woman tells you that something is fucking wrong with something that's going on in her life, then you need to listen to her. Right, I agree. Um... If she's telling you, hey, um, I know this sounds fucking crazy, but, like, I'm studying this urban legend, and I think I may or may not have summoned him, and here's what I can tell you about it. And again, I know that it sounds crazy, but I need you to believe me. Right. For sure. Like, you need to believe women. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Believe women. (laughs) 1992 to forever. Um, there's also the whole interaction, and we talked about this too, the whole interaction between Helen and Bernadette and, um, Purcell when they're at dinner. Yeah, like, he, I don't know. And I can't tell if he, like, fully thinks that he's being helpful by offering to help them, or if it's still like a, oh, look, these little girls are lost. Yes, it's more... Let me. They let can't me do it by themselves. Yes, I think that there is a. I think this is more like mansplaining, more men being condescending to these women and not believing them when they're telling these men, "Hey, um, we just started this research. We know what we're talking about, but like, we just started. We're not ready to talk to you about this yet." Right, and he's like, "Well, that's where I can be most helpful, though." And it's like, "Bro, how about you just..." Stay in your fucking lane. Yeah, let them do their (laughs) own goddamn research. Shockingly enough, neither of them are children. Oh my god, what? (laughs) Those were not little kids that we were watching on the screen. Holy fuck. You mean they were both full-grown women? women. (laughs) Oh my god. Who could have guessed? Not me. (laughs) Certainly not Purcell. Definitely not. I can't believe he was even at the funeral. Same. Actually... Wasn't I'm surprised he wasn't too busy like <laughs> stealing their fucking research or something. Stealing their research, sitting in a room alone, sniffing his own farts. Like 
he is so fucking full of himself. It, I also, it's ugh. not connected to um, to Purcell at all, but I cannot believe that fucking Trevor brings his new girl to her funeral. That's tacky. Yeah, like, why do you keep <laughs> Stacy there? Stacy doesn't have to be there. That's your wife. Why are you bringing your mistress? Well, I, I, what can I say? Men are, again, not to be trusted. <laughs> Men are bad. Trash. Men are trash. Um, I just shocking. That really, really is some it. privileged shit. I could honestly talk for a long time about how much I hate Trevor. Yes, we could have the entire episode dedicated to how much we hate Trevor. <laughs> how terrible Trevor is! What a trash bag of a person. Ugh. Oh my god! Like, and like when she calls when she's first arrested and she's like what time is it 3 a.m like huh i wonder why he's not there oh sorry i was sleeping and i didn't hear the phone like bro no you weren't weren't. stop lying to her quit lying to your fucking wife oh not only (laughs) are we not fans of slut shaming on this podcast we are also not fans of cheaters so there's that That's the that on that. That's the that on that. Truly how Sue sees it. Honestly. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. (laughs) Also, totally unrelated and super, super petty, but I hate that he lets Stacy paint the apartment that ugly fucking pink. That awful, like, Pepto-Bismol Pepto-Bismol pink, yes. Oh my god, it was atrocious. It was not good. Also, like... When Helen's walking in and there's just, like, random paint on every wall, like, what were they doing? Have you ever painted a wall before, Stacy? I don't think she has. Clearly not. Oh, oh and then when um, Stacy calls Trevor into the room. Good lord. And then he goes, oh, what happened, sweetie? Did you make another little boo-boo? And I'm like, what the fuck is More happening? infantilizing women. Yeah, it's another power thing. It all, it, it all comes back. It all comes back. It all comes, all comes back. back. <laughs> Do you even know what that's from? No, but you've said it, and now I say it. <laughs> it's from Fun Home. <laughs> oh my God! Stop! No. Hey, man, that's a good show, and it's a really good. She calls it a tragic comic. You should read it. She calls it a tragic comic. That's what how I identify. Just a little for me. You would not beg to live. I am rumor. It is a blessed condition, believe me. To be whispered about in street corners. To live in other people's dreams. But not to have to be. Alright, so all of this to say. Race, class, gender... All of these ideas, they're social constructs. They're all fake. Nothing exists. Everything is fake. Time is fake. Money's fake. All of this, uh, we know. Again, I went to college to... (laughs) To be able to say that. (laughs) To be able to say that and to uh, be a podcaster to talk about Candyman. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Shout out to MSU. 
gender, time, money. That's all fake. But that's you know what's true. real? Candyman. Candyman's <laughs> real. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I couldn't possibly agree more. That was a really good segue. I don't know if you planned that or not. That was perfect. No, that's why I interrupted. <laughs> it's because I thought it was really funny. That was perfect. All of these things, like Candyman, are fake. But all of these things, also like Candyman, have power because we give them power. The consequences of these social constructs, the results of living in our society the way that it exists now, these are very real. So, like, race as an idea is fake. But, like, the way that people of different races, TM, are treated, the, the way that... I mean, if race is fake, we're, we've literally just made up a word to talk about it. Like, the way that people are treated because of the color of their skin is very real. But, like, race itself is fake. It doesn't matter. In real life. These are real. The consequences of of these, like, of these ideas, of these constructs are real. Similar to Candyman, where, like, he's an urban legend. He's fake. He doesn't exist. But, like, because people believe in him, they give him power. Like, that's why he's real. Yes. His congregation, which also, I mean, we could get into that. I don't want to tie this into religion, but we really could. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's a big... Religion is... Huge. That's another social construct. In my opinion. Prevalent in the film. Because also at the end, like, the portrait of Helen. Yes. She looks like like a patron saint. She does. That's Very looks like. Joan of Arky. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, and the music itself is almost, it's like, it's choral music. It sounds like yeah. a church choir. Something that you would definitely hear. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not Catholic or anything, but like, uh, <laughs> that's my understanding of how that works. I just, that was something that really stood out to me was, and I don't know if the director did that on purpose or not. I'm sure they had to have, there's no way that they could possibly. That it could just be a coincidence. That they could make this entire movie and go, you know what? Here are all of these, these themes on society and this commentary that I'm going to make on race relations in the U S (laughs) and class and gender, but I'm going to tie Just make a soundtrack. You just do anything. (laughs) Yeah, but like to also to not tie that in to like urban legends and how things in real life only have power and only have they only have consequences because we allow them to have consequences. That's that, that makes me think of um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. Why? Because um, like how Nancy quote unquote defeats Freddy, even though. Robert Shea, the guy who used to run New New Line Cinema, like changed the ending. But um, she's what Nancy says right before she walks out is, um, "I take back every piece of energy like I ever gave you." 
like you're not you're nothing you're a figment of like essentially a manifestation of her fear her energy she put her thoughts into it and that's the only reason he has any power over her that's wild yeah so that would have been a really cool standalone film that Wes Craven was going to make and then Robert Shea went and wanted to leave it as open-ended as possible and change the ending so they could do sequels I don't like that no it's not a good ending (laughs) yeah that's uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb here that's a stupid (laughs) ending right but that's it's very it's it's a similar thing yes it's that it's nothing can hurt you unless you believe in it something like that obviously there are things that can hurt you but (laughs) please don't jump from a cliff and say that you'll be fine if i don't believe i'll be hurt well that's what the lady on the podcast told me (laughs) they said nothing will hurt me if i don't believe in it i don't believe in it Actually, I don't believe in guns and bullets and things, so clearly I'm impervious to bullets. <laughs> That's like the, oh, isn't that Night Vale? Yeah, that, like, guns don't kill people. Yes. We're all immune <laughs> to bullets. Ugh, Night Vale was so good. <laughs> um, yeah, he, like, Candyman talks about being rumor and about how like how he draws his power from his congregation yes and he mentions it like every time after he finally shows himself to hella and he's like i'm here because of you because you didn't believe so i have to show you and that's why i have to kill people now is because people are losing faith because you told jake that i wasn't real yeah and now he thinks that that's true so i'm gonna kill some people you got me fucked up and uh, now I have to prove to this tiny little boy in the projects <laughs> of Chicago. Which, if that's not the most, like, <laughs> concrete example of fragile masculinity, I don't know what is. <laughs> this one kid in the projects in Chicago doesn't believe in me, so now I have to kill people, and it's all your fault. Thanks. Way to go. Look what Look you made what me you do. did. Insert Taylor Swift here. <laughs> uh, that's copyrighted. You can't say that. I can say Taylor Swift. Um, and Taylor I can, Swift, please don't sue us. I can say it, but I can't sing it. So <laughs> there's that. At Taylor Swift, please don't sue us. That'd be great if you I, <laughs> I have nothing of value for you to take. I'll countersue. I watched that Cats movie. I'll countersue her <laughs> for what she did to me. Oh, God. I just... (laughs) What are other... To get back to urban legends here. (laughs) And away from... That Tired, tired singers with... Oh, good Lord. I'm not getting into it. Anyway. um, This is, again, this is the first time I've watched this. The very first thing this reminded me of was Bloody Mary. Before I realized that this was about urban legends. Definitely. It, it screams Bloody Mary. Um, but you gotta say Candyman five times. And not you only three. gotta say Bloody Mary three times. You really, yeah. I mean, Bloody Mary will come for any bitch, but Candyman really has to, uh, you gotta really want it, you know? 
But it's still like both of them. You have to say I'm in a mirror, right? No. Or wait, what? Yeah, I guess so. Is that a con? That's an odd condition to put on that. Why is it odd? I feel like if you were really a bad, like a bad guy, if you really a bad bitch, if you really a real one, then like. <laughs> If you're really an urban legend who's here to kill me, why would why do you have to put the stipulation that it has to be in a mirror? Like, why mirrors? I don't know. I think that's stupid. Not everything is Beetlejuice. Ugh. <laughs> Classic. I didn't even think about Beetlejuice. That was beautiful. Thank you for that. <laughs> this also made me think about the urban legend of the Hookman. Yes. The one that everyone knows. Everyone, <laughs> everyone knows Hook at Man. some point has heard that story. If you haven't, you've been living under a fucking rock. If you haven't, I don't know what you do. Who are like, you? Did you not have a childhood? But also, how fucked up is it that everyone knows that from their childhood? How fucked everyone up is it that we tell it. little kids that? <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, it's also, um, I don't know. It's like the con. Not consciousness, but it's like just the collective consciousness. Yeah, collective. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I knew what she meant. It's just I don't know why. It's very weird to me. <laughs> I don't yes. fully get it. Life is a simulation. Um, oh God! Someone reboot it. <laughs> please. Is, please, for the love of God, unplug it and plug <laughs> it back in. We're all just controlled Sims. Is that what you're telling <laughs> no. me? No. Is that oh why I can't God. do anything? That's why you can't do anything. <laughs> they picked the wrong fucking personality Career. traits for me, That's to be honest. <laughs> Pick something else. Uh, I, yeah, this definitely reminded me of the hook man. I liked that they brought up alligators in the sewer. I thought that was another interesting urban legend. That, like, once they brought up that it was an urban legend, I was like, oh, I wonder what else they're going to talk about. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you didn't believe that there were alligators in the sewers. No. But no. also, like, um, but still something, it made me think of Us, which I know you haven't seen, and that's okay, a crime. yes. <laughs> You're correct, yeah. <laughs> it's been almost a year since it came out. Brittany, you really have no excuse. You don't. <laughs> also, bro, I know that it's not at all relevant to the conversation, and also not relevant completely to the point that I was about to make. But can you believe that Lupita did not get nominated? I am not surprised by that, even a little bit, to be honest it's with you. Terrible. She played two wildly different characters. I'm still upset. <laughs> I mean, I I think it's fair that and you're upset, but I'm not surprised. Us didn't even get nominated for anything. At least Get Out got nominated. Ridiculous. Wait. Us didn't get nominated for anything? It didn't get nominated for anything. Wild. Which is ridiculous. But yeah. also, um, yeah, it d- that when they're talking about the alligators in the sewers, it made me think of um, the concept of us is that the U.S. government had started building just, like, tunnels, and that there are a lot of, like, abandoned, like, subway tunnels or whatever in the U.S., which I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know enough about history. I feel like I've heard that before. But um, that the government had was experimenting with like cloning. Ooh, 
which is no yeah so you should definitely watch it it's so creepy it's a hard no for me cloning (laughs) makes me anxious cloning and robots are two of my like they make my fucking skin crawl do you ever watch terminator no (laughs) no i haven't that makes sense okay (laughs) i was (laughs) i was surprised that nobody brought up cryptids in terms of urban legends yes that's very surprising i don't know i guess it didn't really tie into the plot but like no it didn't but that would have been my first i would have been like um mothman my first i was like Loch Ness monster and squatch <laughs> squatch squatch <laughs> is that you your nickname any... for him yeah we're best friends haven't you ever heard sasquatch called squatch no <laughs> i'm pretty sure don't i mean like this is recorded so i guess you can quote it but i please don't because i'm pretty sure that people who like go out hunting for sasquatch they call it going squatching oh my god i, I might be wrong on that but i feel like i've heard that somewhere i'm not editing this out <laughs> um you heard it here folks <laughs> it's called squatching i don't actually know that yeah i hate that i hope um, same yeah if you google <laughs> squatching are you googling squatching right now? yeah hey. yeah yep oh, a guide god. for the novice a beginner's guide to becoming a bigfoot I'm assuming Bigfoot Hunter. A Bigfoot. <laughs> a big, <laughs> to becoming a Bigfoot, period. Um, yeah, it's a whole ass book on Amazon, but also on Urban Dictionary. It means entering wildlands in search of evidence for the Sasquatch. I hate it. Well, uh, so you did, in fact, hear it here first, folks. Uh, squatching. You're welcome. God. Terrible. <laughs> How did we get from? We started urban... talking about urban legends. Jesus Christ! And you mentioned cryptids after I went on a tangent about us <laughs> and Oscar snubs. Here we are to talk about Candyman. By the way, have you ever heard of squatching? <laughs> Maybe that's a sign. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> Good lord! All right. <laughs> How many chainsaws do you give this? You go first. <laughs> oh my god. You have to go first because you told oh. me what squatching was. <laughs> this is your penance. Yeah, rate the movie. Um, I, I, if we can insert a drum roll, I would love to. If not, please imagine a drum roll. <laughs> I, I would like to give Candyman my first rating of Five chainsaws. Ooh. Yeah. Better than Why? Amityville. Well, yeah. <laughs> Goes without saying. All right, but that's a hot take. Is it? <laughs> Amityville is my favorite. And I oh, love it's a hot take from you. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's one of my hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to have to add that, like, this is probably now in my top five favorite scary movies. This is so good. Wow. I really, really liked this. Okay. I. I liked that there was not an excessive amount of gore. I don't have a problem with gore, but it's I get tired of it after a while. I'm like, okay, I get it. People are dying. Like, um, but there was enough of it, which 
give the people what they want. And sometimes I want to <laughs> see people bleed on the screen. So there's that. <laughs> okay. I liked the conversation that it started about race, class, gender, the treatment of women, the treatment of people of color. I liked the I liked the idea of a villain being an urban legend. It kind of put in my mind it put the best of both worlds together in terms of having someone who was an actual serial killer which is scary but not necessarily my favorite right and something that's supernatural which is more up my alley okay um it was in my mind it was kind of the best of both worlds there um i thought that the the music was super well done i thought that the like the the what is that called? Like the film itself, the cinematography of it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was shot really well. I thought it was beautiful. I noticed a lot of the aerial shots. I noted um, those as well. They were beautiful. Yeah. Um. I like that Tony Todd only got stung twenty three times with having fucking <laughs> bees in his mouth. That was really cool for me. I yes. So long story short, I give this five chainsaws. Okay. How many chainsaws do you give this? I go back and forth. It's definitely, like, way high up on my list of horror movies. Okay. I'm gonna gonna give it four and a half chainsaws. Okay. I think that this is a well-made movie. Tony Todd is iconic in anything he's ever done. He's exquisite. He makes me want to live deliciously. (laughs) He makes me believe that I could live deliciously. <laughs> um, he's great. The music is great. I would agree that it's beautifully shot. Like, there are few movies that I would say, few horror movies that I would say that are shot, like, better than this. One of them what? is Midsummer, by the I way. I was going to ask. I was like, what else <laughs> do you think, what do you think was shot better than this? Uh, Midsummer. I don't okay. believe that there's a better shot movie that I've okay. seen. <laughs> and I would love to cover that on this podcast. Hell yes. <laughs> we could really get into some gender roles there. Uh, I love talking about gender. But um, four and a half, because I think that the ending with her becoming her own version of Candyman is a little bit cheesy. Okay. And while I agree that he that Trevor should have been butchered. Brutally murdered. <laughs> Brutally murdered. In his own home. Yes. In front of I, his new girlfriend. I don't know that I like Helen becoming her version of Candyman or whatever we want to call her. I think that it could have been nice, like, it just ending after Jake throws the hook in there. Yes. I think it ends a little bit too cheesy for me. Okay. Which is why it's only four and a half. That's fair. But again, everything's a- everything about it is great. I love the soundtrack. Like I told you earlier, like, sometimes I just listen to that while I'm reading. You're such a spooky bitch. <laughs> Change that, make that your Twitter bio. I will not. Right Such now a spooky a, bitch. Right now it's a quote from Riverdale. 
<laughs> is it a quote from Tony Todd in Riverdale? No, it says, I just want to experience the epic highs and lows of high school football. Oh my <laughs> god, I hate that so much. Oh, it was terrible. But how could I not make that my Twitter bio? Oh my god. Okay, so, that was Candyman. That was Candyman. Overall, excellent movie. I'm glad that you liked it. I don't know what I would have done if you didn't like it. <laughs> Since I did suggest watching it. Yes. I liked this more than I liked Scream. Really? Yeah. I like Scream. It's not my favorite like it is for you. Um, but I do really like Scream. I liked this a lot more than I liked Scream. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. That's That really truly is how Sue sees it. <laughs> I also wish, I know that you had just said that gore necessarily isn't always your thing. Yeah. I like gore. You do. You're a big fan of slashers. That's how you process yes. horror movies. That's your thing. It is my thing. I like it. Like, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> but also, is it I really mean... a scary movie if I can't watch somebody get ripped in half on my screen? <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's the point? I think that's I think that's also part of why I don't like the Babadook. Oh my god. Does anyone die in that? <laughs> Does anyone die? I don't think the dog. The dog dies in the Babadook. Right, right. Also, fuck that kid. At least fuck Candyman, that kid. Candyman has an adorable little kid actor. Bro. Anthony Jake is, is the, the actual... cutest little boy. Anthony's cute. Jake is cute. Like all of the kids in this movie are precious and adorable. And I love them. We should end this. <laughs> we should. Um, stay tuned. I don't know what we're going to cover next, but uh, you'll find out Surprises. when we find out. So <laughs> Keep it spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. <laughs> Bye. Bye.